Hello, everyone, and welcome to another installment of Podcast 360, your go-to resource for medical news and clinical updates. I'm your moderator, Amanda Balby, with Consultant 360 Specialty Network. My guest today is the lead author of a new study that aimed to determine the rate of acceptance of the influenza vaccine among patients with limited English proficiency who presented for care at their resident-run outpatient clinic. Dr. Eloho Ajahi is a clinical instructor at the University of Cincinnati and a fellow in the Infectious Diseases Department at the University of Cincinnati Medical Center. Thank you for joining me today, Dr. Ajahi. To start, can you give us a brief overview of your research and how it came about? Thanks so much for having me. I decided to look into this um, topic during my residency. I was privileged to care for a large population of patients with low English proficiency in our primary healthcare clinic. There have been some background data that this population tended to be unable to um, seek out medical care in a timely manner and also were um, not really good at following medically recommended interventions. So I wanted to run the study in my population and to see if patients who had low English proficiency were more likely or less likely to um, accept the influenza vaccine. Because as we all know, the flu season occurs annually and it's a condition that has been associated with a um, high degree of morbidity and mortality amongst people who are elderly or have other comorbid conditions. So the main reason I conducted this study was to see what our population, what the attitudes were towards um, receiving the influenza vaccine. I think it is important to study because these patient populations are kind of vulnerable because of the communication barrier. And I felt that results for this study will help physicians to be more proactive and to increase the awareness that this population may need more prompting, more um, reminders to get vaccines or other elements of preventive health. So basically, I chose to do this study to use the results to generate more awareness amongst practitioners in my clinic and eventually the entire medical community to know that this population may need more interventions to help them embrace the influenza vaccination more than other populations as proficient in English language. Mm-hmm, absolutely. Um, and I think you might have touched on a little bit the results before, um, but can you talk a little bit more about what your study found and how those results might impact clinical practice? We took data from three different influenza seasons. The influenza seasons run from October of, of a year to like early the next year, like March, April. So we took data from the 2015 slash 2016 flu season, 2016 slash 2017 and 2017 to 2018 influenza season. And unfortunately, our results were not really encouraging. For example, in our population subsets, we had a significant amount of patients that spoke Spanish, Portuguese, Korean. Our total sample size that was analyzed was 390 patients. And of this patient group, a vast majority consistently said no to the influenza vaccine every season that we studied. Just to give you a good backdrop of what the study found, for example, only 4.2% of Spanish-speaking patients accepted the influenza vaccine all season. 
For the Portuguese, it was even slightly less, and it was 3.6% of all Portuguese-speaking patients that consistently accepted the influenza vaccine all three years. And this poor acceptance rate spanned across all language subtypes that we studied Korean, Chinese, Arabic, a lot of the minor languages, all of the patients, none of them received the vaccine all three seasons. I think that shows the huge opportunity for like patient education, patient counseling, and also for physicians to be more proactive in offering this valuable preventive measure to this patient population. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And so what would you say is your overall key take-home message for healthcare practitioners? My take-home message for healthcare practitioners is I know that the communication barrier exists for a lot of providers here in the U.S. The clinical encounter with patients who don't speak English may be longer because we need translators, maybe over the phone or in person. But the results from this study emphasize strongly that we need to take our time to check all the boxes, see this patient as a whole and not neglect offering and counseling them on the need for vaccines and other elements of preventive health. An extension, while in the early part of the influenza season this year, I hope that providers will become more aware of the need to be more proactive in offering the flu vaccine to um, this population this season, especially in the face of the COVID pandemic as well. Unfortunately, there's a pile of evidence increasing every day showing that people with low English proficiency suffer from like increased morbidity and mortality when affected by medical conditions. Even data from the ongoing COVID pandemic have shown that people who are of Hispanic heritage are more likely to suffer from morbidity and mortality from the COVID-19 infection, infection with SARS-CoV-2 virus. So I want to encourage physicians to When you have an encounter with patients who have a language barrier, I think we should make sure that the patient understands the message we're trying to pass along. And also, if a patient refuses a recommended medical intervention that is backed by medical literature, I think the physician, rather than saying, okay, yes, patient said he's not going to go forward, I think we should take a step back to understand if the patient really gets the risk and benefits of refusing an intervention. It may be a little dicey going through an interpreter, but I think it's a step we have to take while caring for every single patient who does speak English fluently or has limited English proficiency. Absolutely. Um, and so now that you have this data from this study, what is the next step in your research and how do you plan to use the results from the study in the future? I think the next step is to answer the why question. Why are the patients in our clinic saying no to the um, influenza vaccine? I think the next step for research is to understand why. Is it that there is a misconception that is widespread in community about the vaccine? Or is it the way we are offering the patient the vaccine? I want to know like why they consistently refuse the influenza vaccine. And after that, the very next step will be to address the why we find. So the next step in the study is to understand why the gap exists and also to try to implement changes that will improve the vaccination acceptance rate amongst this vulnerable population. Thank you so much for speaking with me today and answering all my questions. My pleasure, Amanda. It's been a huge opportunity to present my findings on your platform, and I hope it will be able to like trigger a change in the medical community.